Well, friends, this is a beautiful sight up here, isn't it? And if you baked a loaf of bread or went to your favorite bakery to, to find bread, thank you for helping us to make this display, this kind of visual of God's diversity of provision on this World Communion Sunday. I'm going to be honest with you, um, it is very fragrant right here. There is jalapeno, like 10 you know, inches from my nose, um, and it's a little distracting because uh, the truth is I have a love-hate relationship with bread. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? A love-hate relationship with bread, that's right. I mean, I really love bread, but because of blood sugar and calories, I can't eat it very often. And I actually blame my husband, Al Krumenacher, for this. You may have noticed he's been on a health kick, he's lost some weight, and he won't eat bread. So we don't have any in my house. But about a week ago, he woke up early in the morning, he had the biggest smile on his face, and he said, oh, Stacy, I had the best dream. I thought, well, I bet I was a part of that dream. So, Al, what did you dream about, I asked, and he literally said to me, bread, all kinds of bread. Now, that's a love-hate relationship with bread. This morning, we're continuing our sermon series on the Lord's Prayer, and today we're going to uh, kind of focus on the central petition, the main ask of the prayer that we rattle off each week. In Matthew, give us today our daily bread. In Luke, give us each day our daily bread. Now, at face value, this doesn't seem too difficult, right? It's pretty straightforward, easy to understand. Ask God for what you need, right? Well, maybe. But I'm going to invite you to suspend your thinking, your ideas, put aside what you think this petition might mean, just for 10 minutes or so, and try to hear it this morning with fresh ears, as it would have been heard by the first hearers of the prayer, the earliest followers of Jesus. And to do this, to understand what they heard, you need to know two things. And the first is this. No one in first century Palestine had a love-hate relationship with bread. No one. In the world of the original followers of Jesus, the world that Jesus spoke into, hunger was real. It was a daily occurrence for just about everyone. And bread, well, bread was life. It wasn't a luxury. It wasn't something that you had to kind of discipline yourself to, to overeat. No, bread was the difference between life and death. And secondly, you need to know that the original followers of Jesus couldn't pray this prayer without hearing the echo of a foundational event in Hebrew Scripture. When Jesus taught them to pray, give us today our daily bread, he brought to their consciousness the pivotal story of God's character and God's way of dealing with God's people. So I want to turn now to that story in the book of Exodus. I want us to turn there and hear the account of God providing daily bread 
for the Israelites. As we do that, let us pray. God, we thank you for your provision in our life, especially for provision of your word. Open our ears and hearts to hear what we need to know. Help us to live it out in our relationship with you. Amen. Hear these words from the book of Exodus. The whole congregation of the Israelites set out from Elam and came to the wilderness of Sin, which was between Elam and Sinai. And on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt, the whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you. And each day the people will go out and gather enough for that day. And in that way I will test them, whether they will follow my instruction or not. And on the sixth day when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to the Israelites, in the evening you're going to know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining against the Lord. For who, what are we that you would complain against us? And Moses said, when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and you fill of bread in the morning because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against him, what are we? The complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. So friends, this is the primal example of God's graciousness in Scripture. Israel's been freed from bondage by God's saving act, the parting of the Red Sea, the leading them through the wilderness. And then when they are wandering in that wilderness, headed toward the promised land, they begin to complain. And even when they complain and lack faith, what does God do? But rains heaven, rains bread from heaven. Rains it down day by day. Week by week, year after year, God teaches Israel to depend upon, to lean upon, and to trust divine providence. To trust the will and the reign of God as they move into the future of God. And it takes a long time. It takes 40 years to be exact. But Israel does learn. They learn to be radically dependent upon a faithful God, radically dependent on God's reign, God's will, and God's future. So, says Jesus, when you pray, just as ancient Israel depended on God for their sustenance in the wilderness, you who follow me acknowledge your radical dependence on God for your life and your future. When you pray, like ancient Israel, pray as a people on a journey a journey towards God's kingdom, the reign of God breaking into the world, but not completely here. When you pray, like ancient Israel, pray as people who are moving toward a promise, a promise that you can taste and see every now and then, but a promise that has not fully arrived, at least not yet. Pray like this, 
said Jesus. Give us this day our daily bread. Sustain our life, O God. Support us on our journey toward your kingdom, O God. Teach us to depend on you, O God. A decade ago, I had the privilege of going to Central Africa, to Malawi, to visit one of my church's mission partners. I got to go with my daughter, who was a nursing student at OU at the time. It was a wonderful trip. And most of the time was spent visiting remote, rural, impoverished villages that were, work, that were working with our mission partner. We, um, I remember one particular visit and village, um, and I'm thinking about it on this day, on World Communion Sunday. Um, it started, that morning started, by going to a meat market in Blantyre, Malawi. I don't know if you've ever been to an African meat market. That was interesting. We purchased half a goat. Um, it was the scrawniest little thing you've ever seen. And I remember as we purchased it, watching it being wrapped up and thinking that would probably serve one family at a Texas barbecue. But we wrapped it up, got in the car, and drove about an hour to a remote village where we were going to have a communal meal. And we were bringing the meat for this communal meal. When we arrived at the village, there were a hundred people welcoming us. A hundred people. And I remember as we pulled up looking at how small the little cooking pots were. The vegetables and the plants had already been chopped and were already stewing, and there was so very little. And then I thought about that skinny goat <laughs> that we brought and how little meat there was going to be for all these people. And I remember the children, so many children, excited, happy, smiling, and watching the food with hungry eyes, watching it. And as I sat down to eat, they placed us on these, uh, on these mats. To my horror, I realized that the children were not seated to eat. The women were not seated to eat. It was the guests, i.e. me and my daughter, and the men who were served. And they brought out tiny little bowls full of food, and we ate together with our hands out of these bowls. And I'm going to tell you, it was horribly uncomfortable. Can you see? That's my daughter in the white t-shirt. Look at her face. Doesn't she look comfortable? Yeah. I can tell you it was terribly uncomfortable. Not necessarily because of, of germs, though I'm sure there were many, but because we were to eat, to be polite, in front of very, very hungry people as they sat and watched us. And uh, to be honest with you, it was so disturbing, um, I couldn't eat. I couldn't eat. It was too uncomfortable. Friends, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, give us this day our daily bread, he was addressing the uncomfortable realities in our world. Because in our world, there is hunger. There is brokenness. There is real injustice. So real that it's hard to stomach. 
And into that reality, Jesus says, pray, give us this day our daily bread. Now, there's something about this petition in Greek that I want to share with you. It doesn't come through in the English translation. In Greek, it reads, give us today or each day our ortos epiosios. Ortos epiosios. Now, ortos means bread, but that word epiosios, honestly, it's a mystery. It's a word that doesn't exist anywhere else in scripture. It exists nowhere else in ancient Greek writing. We have no idea what it means. And the reason it says daily in your English Bible is because the translators said, well, he must have been talking about manna from Hebrew scripture, so we'll just say daily. But in truth, that word opiotos has about four Greek words that are rooted in it. The word for future, the word for tomorrow, the word for enough, the word for belongs. And so it can be translated in a lot of different ways. Here's my translation. Bread that is enough to get us to tomorrow. Bread that is enough to get us to tomorrow. As I finished that meal in Malawi, sitting on that mat, watching this kind of unfold, once I got used to the discomfort and stopped being so self-conscious, I noticed something. I noticed the agogos. That's the Chichawan word for grandmother. I noticed that as this meal was taking place, the agogos were circling the entire meal. And I also noticed that every now and then, they would just walk into the middle of the mats and pick up a bowl and move it. In other words, if someone was eating too much, they'd pick up the bowl. If they thought someone was being shortened with food, they'd move the bowl. And pretty soon, all of the bowls migrated to the hungry children. Here's a picture of the Ugogos from that day, having a little celebration dance at the end of the meal. Because under their watchful eyes, these Ugogos made sure that there was enough. As little of food as there was, that there was enough, enough for everyone. Give us this day enough to get us to tomorrow. Friends, this is no simple prayer in a hungry, broken, and unjust world. Pray like this, says Jesus. Give us today our enough to get us to tomorrow bread. Look at the world, look at your life, look at the pain and the wrong and the hunger, and by your prayer, Jesus says, proclaim God's larger story still unfolding in Jesus Christ. It's a story that only God can write and a story with deep need that only God can fulfill. A story of God's will, God's reign, and God's future. And as that story unfolds, oh God, give us our enough to get us to tomorrow. Enough hope, enough power, enough love, and enough grace. Lamentations 3 puts it this way, 
The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases and God's mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. New every morning. Think about what that means. The power for a troubled family, new every morning. Hope for a troubled world, new every morning. Mercy for our health and wholeness, new every morning. Grace for the struggling addict, new every morning. Possibilities for real justice, new every morning. Friends, the Lord's Prayer expresses the truth of the gospel. And when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and give us today enough to get to tomorrow, we proclaim our hope is in God, the one who sent us Jesus and whose future is still breaking into the world. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we proclaim our dependence on God, that God will finish what God has begun and that God will provide for us day by day as we live into that future. It's an audacious and bold claim, isn't it? That all our thirsts, all our hungers can be met, that everything broken and crying out to be made right will be addressed in God's time. Yes, it's audacious, but Jesus says, pray anyway. Give us, give us today enough to get us to tomorrow, merciful God. Friends, this prayer is going to be shared by billions of faithful Christians this day on World Communion Sunday in places like Central Africa and the Ukraine, in South Korea and Nicaragua, in the middle of famine and war and political danger, Christians will gather at tables. It may not look like this, but they will gather. And every believer, just like you and like me, will receive just a tiny, tiny piece of bread. And every believer, just like you and like me, will receive just a little splash of juice or wine. Not a lot, not very much, but by the mercy of God, enough. Enough to taste God's goodness. Enough to glimpse God's promised future. And enough to restore our hope. Thanks be to God.